There are three things that require witnesses. A crime, an accident, and a marriage. Need I say more? Wedding horror on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer What? Hello and welcome to the Holy Union called Attack of the Killer Podcast. <laughs> this is episode 296 that we call Wedding Horror, although I'm not married to that title. Oh, We've groomed an amazing show for you, and we hope you will all be engaged. We're going to be talking about horror movies featuring or themed around weddings. Now, if this is your first time listening to Attack of the Killer podcast, let me explain. We're a horror movie podcast where a group of friends, we get together, we talk about our common bond, our love for horror. We pick a topic, we discuss films within that topic. Now, we're just friends, hanging out, you know, playing Nintendo. Yeah, usual. And uh, there may be spoilers, just to let you know. Now, if you wanted to get us a wedding present, you could always subscribe to our Patreon and become an attacker. As an attacker, you help support the show, and for your help, you get all kinds of goodies, like bonus episodes, YouTube shows, your own membership card, certificate, and sticker. You get early access to the regular show. You can even get exclusive art by me called Mikey's Monsters. You get invites to our monthly horror hangouts, watch parties, and even our personal chat called Attack of the Killer Chat. You even get shoutouts on the show and on the website, like all of these amazing attackers right here. You know, like Timothy Lenerer, Roman Doppelfeld, Larry Watanabe, Brett Royer, Seth Key, Jessica Irish, Chris Cook, Brian Gutzel, Stefan Sitter, Brandy Moore, Andrew Moeller, Rod Hutchinson, Carmen DeHig, Abraham Arlano, Jacob Book, <laughs> Andrew Bittler, Casey Kilderman, Tony, that one guy Miller, Mike Clayton, Rose Talshoma, Marcus Rude, Abe Kirshner, Lisa Cavalier, Hollyberg, Emily Randolph, Bill Fisher, and Greg Diedrich. What a list. Those people are cool. So cool. And you could be cool, too. Just go to jointheattackers.com. There you can pick the tier of your choice to get all the content that you want. Again, that website is jointheattackers.com. And now it is time to introduce you to the podcast crew. The last wedding he was at was really emotional. Even the cake had tears. Jason. <laughs> What's up? Uh, just because you're ordained doesn't mean you're the best. I got an email the other day congratulating me oh, uh, on my anniversary of being ordained. Hey, congratulations. Thanks, Thank everyone, you. for listening and tuning in. We appreciate it. He went to a wedding where two, two cell phones got married. He said the wedding was boring, but the reception was excellent. Oh, Tad. Not your best work. Thanks uh, for listening. <laughs> I disagree. Now, saving the best for last, she's a writer, producer, director. Please welcome our very special guest, Izzy Lee. Woo! Hello. Thanks for joining us, Izzy. 
I'm so happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. <laughs> Why don't you tell a little bit, uh, the people at home, a little bit about yourself here and what you do? I am all of those things you just said. <laughs> and um, well, I forgot. If Re- I had to add any more um, <laughs> roles, I guess I would be. A, an angry person and a creator and a, a <laughs> that avid goes hand in fil- hand. <laughs> I know, an avid film watcher, and uh, you know, I'm just a, a huge fan of cinema. You know, I've been touring the festival circuit for a decade now, which is very long, and I feel quite old. I've made 24 short films, uh, and now I am doing this Kickstarter campaign for my very first feature, House of Ashes. Just moments ago, as we record this, it became live. How exciting. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, my God. I am just, I'm, I'm ready to party because we just hit 53% in our first day, and I am just so grateful and, and psyched so awesome. because, you know, it's, it's going to happen. I'm definitely getting to make this feature film, and... Um, it's been a very, very long time coming, so I am ready, guys. I'm going to scare the hell out of you. Yeah. Make you feel weird, make you laugh, maybe just a tiny bit, and uh, hopefully, you know, you'll leave feeling some empowerment, man. And uh, you know, by the time this comes out, I'm sure it's fully funded. You're long into <laughs> the extra stuff, but if if people want to go there and, and, and donate anyway, how do, they, how do they find this movie on Kickstarter? Yeah, so you could either um, search... For, you know, House of Ashes, Izzy Lee in the horror film section or the the URL if, if you want to, I can read it to you. It's, <laughs> we it's we will share it. I was going to say, we'll, we will we'll share. put it in the descriptions and all that stuff. And on our page. But yeah. if I was going to mention that if people are like, that name sounds familiar and a lot of our listeners have attended Snake Alley Festival Film, you have seen several of Izzy's films over the years. And the one that mm-hmm. I still hear about all the time is meat friend that one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It is it it remains my most popular short film ever. Um, it just it basically <laughs> Let me tell I'll, I'll tell you the impetus of the story it was, you know, the pandemic. We had a little extra time on our hands, mm-hmm. but more so uh, we my husband and and my partner at Nile Nocton Films, uh, Steve and I we were living in Massachusetts, in a, a lovely apartment that was tiny and two cats, and he was working and I was working, and uh, we got really fucking claustrophobic, and so we started to go on some walks, and we came up with this insanity because the world's burning, we're losing our minds, and so we started watching a lot of really, really crazy shit to take us out of this reality, so a heightened reality for this terrible heightened reality, dystopia, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. And then the very belligerent meat friend was born. <laughs> and <laughs> um, it's actually still playing festivals uh, about a year and a half later. Um, oh, it's playing, awesome. yeah, Gig Harbor, blah, Gig Harbor Film Festival, tongue twister there, um, this upcoming weekend. And... Uh, I don't know. I might I might keep it going, or I, I might uh, I might put it online. But a message from said meat friend, the jerkiest friend you should never have, is one of our rewards. Um, so you can get a little video, or you know, there 
The Meet Friend will be available in a short film download package that's another part of another reward, too. Can you talk about a little bit about what House of Ashes, like, sell it maybe a little bit? Like, Hell yeah. What, 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 what do we... Can she? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it's totally the very opposite of, of Meet Friend. I, I'm one of these strange filmmakers. I tend to go back and forth between horror and comedy because um, I need to lighten the hell up sometimes, um, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, seriously, like living in this world full of darkness, you know, I put a lot of that on screen and then it really, it, it tends to get to me and I'm, I'm a pretty sensitive person. And then so I, I need to do something crazy and, and strange, but so here we are, we're back in the darkness, House of Ashes is about a grieving widow Mia who is falsely put under house arrest um, due to, to some draconian laws, which sadly some women in this country still have to abide by uh, under this new, new fascism, it seems. And um, she's had a miscarriage. Uh, she's being punished for that with house arrest. And the problem is... Things start to go missing shortly after her new boyfriend moves in. And uh, she's got to survive, but she can't leave because said house arrest. And, you know, the cops aren't going to help her. They're just going to treat her worse. So she has to deal with what comes next. And there's going to be a lot of spooky, ghostly things, I think, mm -hmm. coming your way. Hell yeah. Our <laughs> listeners love spooky, ghostly things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. Awesome. Sweet. Well, again, thanks for being on, Izzy. This is this is going to be fun. Yeah. If you if you're listening to this and you don't contribute, I mean, we're going to call you out on the next episode. Yeah, you're in trouble. Yep. Yep. <laughs> we're going. You know that list that uh, Jason read earlier. <laughs> we're compiling a list as of now. Shit list. So don't be That's on right. that list. Yeah, you don't want to get caught on that list. Exactly. These people suck. That's <laughs> 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 just practicing. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you can even just throw a dollar at me. Or there's a $5 tip jar being like, one is, are ghosts real? And you can vote with your dollar there. Or are ghosts not real? Vote $5 there. Or uh, ghosts are real and I've seen them. And in which case, I want to hear from you. Send me a message. Because <laughs> nice. that's so interesting. <laughs> we, we've had that debate on here before. And, really? Uh, it got, oh, it got yeah. sort of heated, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> It, it, I think it was a bonus episode. It was the question was just are ghosts real and yeah it we it turns out we don't agree on everything but uh, <laughs> uh, the more shocking is sometimes we do agree on things. That's yeah. the more shocking statement. But yeah, if, I mean, if I, all my friends like at least buy like a coffee or like throw a few dollars towards an awesome indie film. Mm -hmm. Come on, do it. That's right. Yeah, if if you're sick of hearing about the studios and and how they crush creators and have not paid anybody but themselves well, and you're you're tired of seeing the same old fucking movie again and again just told differently, back into horror because this is where things get really interesting. Absolutely. Here, here. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're That's speaking great. you're speaking to the choir, <laughs> aren't we? Yeah. You know. yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. Welcome home. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nice home. And, you know, uh, the, 
The horror people are the best people you ever fucking meet in your life. That is the truth. We have all been through something, and I, I think of us all as, you know, the island of misfit toys. <laughs> and, nice. and because we've been through some shit, we're, we're usually a whole lot kinder. Yep. Absolutely. Maybe. And that's why you're at 50% in half a day, so... <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> I can't even believe it, still. <laughs> I am so grateful for, for everybody. It's just, I can finally do this. I'm, I'm 54% right now. I just refreshed. First Holy future. hell. I'm just out of my mind. <laughs> Shocked and happy and, and just grateful because now you guys get to see... Some scares. I'm. I'm gonna fucking. I'm gonna do it. Well, yeah. This this episode could have gone really bad if you launched it today and like it just <laughs> sat, sat at zero. It would have been like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> well, you would think being on the festival circuit for an entire decade straight would mean something, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't oh surprise me at all. But nope. congratulations again. It's awesome. Definitely. All right, so let's let's uh, turn things over to Tad with a little segment we call "What We Watched." What we watched. All right, it has been a few weeks since we last talked. I have some embarrassing things on my list, but Jason, what have you watched? Oh, well, here's the thing, guys. I have seen zero movies. Jesus, dude. In two weeks. Well, here's... Well, I hope you watched the ones for that we're going to Three. Talk about. I saw three. It's <laughs> the last minute because my retention gets worse every day. Uh, but no, I, but I did watch this thing. And the thing? That's a fantastic no, movie. No, no. Yes. Yes. It's one of the best ever. <laughs> but I watched this. I, I ended up watching a mini series, a little series, and I wish someone would have told me about it sooner. Oh, my God. But it's called The Offer. You have know you guys what? heard of this? You know what? <laughs> I would be pissed at you right now if I wasn't so happy you finally uh, no. fucking watched it. I don't want you to think that I'm just going to start listening to your recommendations oh, now. I know you won't because this is the first one That's in 20 years. the second years. one. The second one. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. We'll, we'll discuss that off air. We'll move on. <laughs> but anyway, so that's what I filled my last two weeks with was watching The Offer. It's acceptable you didn't watch anything else because The Offer is amazing. And go. And so, yeah, it's uh, as amazing as you would think any biopic on filmmaking. Yes. And uh, it's like, I, I mean, I know some of it's fictionalized, but like, well, it's gotta be. doesn't matter. Like, no. They're, it's unfucking believable. It's amazing how much shit he fucking went through to make this movie. It's just yep. That's I mean, what it's like, guys. I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it like, really is, it's yeah. not even that far off, but like sentiment wise. But like, I mean, right. this this dude. Um, it's just it's it's mind blowing. See, one of the things I knew you would like about this is I know one of the one of your pet peeves mm -hmm. when it comes to movies where your protagonist never catches a break. Right. And there's so many moments in this where sure. this guy, just one disaster after another that he has to deal with, one step but he always does back. it with a freaking yeah. smile, with confidence, and he pulls through every single time. Yes, definitely enjoyed his confidence. 
downright cockiness. I, I yes. like that. Yes. Um, and and all the, it, you know, for all aspects. I mean, just the story of it was amazing. Just uh, the retelling of it in in this ten parter was fun, and and the the recasting that they did was incredible. I had so much fun. Like wasn't what's his face? Everybody awesome and hilarious as Coppola. I thought that was great oh yeah, casting. he was amazing. The casting of all, oh, that entire show was yeah. incredible. I call I call this series the Mad Men of movie making. Yeah, because oh, yeah. Yeah. it's just it's exactly that, and it's just it's insane. Yeah, there's so many so many good people in this. Dan Fogler's the guy you're talking that, about. Thank you. Yeah, Coppola. Yep. I love him anyway, but him as yeah. Coppola was just Giovanni Ribisi was awesome. How awesome was him? Because it was like outside of his. Yeah. Yeah, he he honestly, he was probably, well, see that's tough. I love so many characters in this in this show. Mm-hmm. I lo- I love that blonde assistant who Juno is Temple. just as cocky what a, as he is. What a and, yeah, kick-ass character and yep. Yeah, I love her perfectly. from Ted Lasso. She's amazing. She's great. I was yelling at the whole screen like yeah. the whole time, like make her a producer, goddamn no it! Kidding. She's For real. so good. <laughs> yeah, Fuck. she needs to be running something. Mm-hmm. Colin Hanks, you just fucking hate him so much. <laughs> oh yeah, he was great. Oh, he was great. Uh, and I, I fell in love with this uh, Matthew Good as Robert Evans. I mean, the the main producer yes. of Paramount. Oh like, yeah, what a character this guy. Incredible. Just his performance was breathtaking. I mean, it was just it kept, He just held you every scene. He was just so cool. And was he it was just, the coolest cool? Wasn't it? Was it just me, just or was there was like? <laughs> Your love and hate relationship with that character yes. was a roller coaster through the whole thing. There's moments Many where you're arcs. like, "This guy, this guy gets it. He's awesome." And then there's other times like, "This is the biggest freaking prick in the world." Yeah. So him and and and, and Ruddy going back and forth through the whole show. <laughs> yeah. You know, like you want to believe in them, you know, but they definitely have their moments where I think it's done. Mm-hmm. But when they come back and they're like. You know I got you. You're like, all right. He's yeah. the best. You know it's good storytelling when you know the end result before you start watching, yep. but you're still totally engaged. Oh. Like, how is this going to end? Yep. You know how it ends. It you ends just, with The Godfather, like one of the greatest films of all time being made. <laughs> but you're still totally, it. yeah. And and the, the sad thing is this is on, what, Paramount Plus? So, yep. like, no one's seen it. It's like yep. everyone needs to see it, yeah. but Mike, it's on Paramount Plus. tell people about it. It's, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, the dude is Marlon Brando, outstanding. Oh yeah, there are moments. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the guy as the the blue horn guy, the the main 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 guy. That's the weird. It's got the weird face and the accent and the the Polishy guy. That like he's Pol- he kills Polishy on a, guy. I, I, he's got the. He's like the head head of the studio that, oh, that oh, tries oh, to oh, sell yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's creepy as shit, but like <laughs> he has his cool moments too. Yeah, like, the yeah. German guy or yeah, German guy. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Unbelievable, right? Yeah. Mm. Such a Wall Street dude. Yes. And God. to bring it back uh, to you, Mike, um, Lou Ferrigno's in this. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yes, he is. It's that so was kind of cool, cool seeing Lou Ferrigno it was. acting in something where he's not playing himself or yep. as a joke that yep. he was the Hulk. Yep. Incredible series. Like you said, on Paramount Plus. Uh, I'm so glad I finally watched it. Me too. And. Oh. Uh, feel so justified right now. And so because of it, I lied. I did watch one movie. I just couldn't put it on my letterbox because I didn't want to spoil that. But then I had to go watch The Godfather after this. Oh, good call. Yeah. <laughs> I had to. Yeah. It's been a minute, and I'd wanted to anyway. So 
I was in the same boat, and I still haven't gotten around to it. But the second the show was done, it was like, let's let's watch The Godfather. Yeah, yeah. So just new perspective on all of it, just getting to see it with the real actors. and Yeah, it was just it was a heck of a couple weeks uh, doing that. So that's what I watched. Excellent. Mike, what have you watched? Well, I finished uh, the current season of What We Do in the Shadows. So This is like my favorite season. Have you finished it yet? I have. Okay. Trying not to be spoilery here. Please. Um, but how do you feel <laughs> about how they wrapped up the season? Where basically... Uh, re- That's pretty spoilery. I didn't say anything yet. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, just kind of like things going back to... Well, plug your ears for a second. I can't. <laughs> Going back to the uh, kind of the Wait, status quo. Yeah. No, I th- I thought it, I mean, it's funny. It's very in tune to the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I just, I, every every episode of this season is like almost like a standalone, but there is a yeah. running story through it. And that's what I love about it is like, I don't know, this season really rejuvenated it for me. Yeah. I mean, you see that in like, you see that in other, like other shows or any kind of, um, franchisey thing whether it be you know comic books or whatever where you know they they do these these big plots just to go back to everything being normal and what you're used to by the end but i thought they handled that idea brilliantly i love that final episode um you get some really cool like um humanizing some, moments yeah, of our real moments lead of, vampires yeah yeah for, um, for characters who have always had their guard up, uh, you see some sort of tender moments. And and even though things are kind of back to square one in a sense, there's still some there's still some themes and plots that can develop out of how we got there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I thought, yeah, I'm with you. I thought it was a great, great season um, and hilarious as always. Uh, but speaking of funny vampires, I finally got around to watching uh, Renfeld as well. Hey, and that was great, wasn't it? Ah, uh, ton, ton of fun. I was so impressed with Nick Cage in this. I think this is probably one of my favorite things he's done in a while. Um, but you know that opening scene where they try to make it look like original Dracula, and I'm like, oh my god, so good. Yeah, they did such a great job <laughs> making him Bela Lugosi. Yeah, it, you don't realize like the like sort of resemblance a bit there. And, yeah. and then that's all I can think of now when I see Nicolas Cage. <laughs> it's like you look like Bela Lugosi, dude. That movie is so much fun, and it just sucks that it didn't uh, do as well as it should have. But yeah, it should have. It should have been. Yeah, should have been huge. Huge. So much fun. It is a lot of fun. Very funny. Great gore. Oh. <laughs> Give me more. Yes. Agree. But sadly, that is all I've had a chance to watch. Well, Izzy, what have you watched recently? Oh, well, besides the wedding horror movies that we'll talk about, um, <laughs> I went, you know, I went back and I, I rewatched Death Race 2000. Yes. The original, yeah. Yes. So fucking great. So I, not too long ago, I rewatched it. Nice. Yes. Yeah. It's just, it's unbelievable how much it's a precursor to the Hunger Games. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, generally, it's it's kind of this again the same story that you know you 
just get retold just differently again and again, you know, mm -hmm. like Most Dangerous Game, uh, Battle Royale, Hunger Games. Running Man. Running Man, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I had to say but, like Richard Dawson does in the movie, Running Man. <laughs> yeah, it's so fun though, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's really smart and ahead of its time. Oh, absolutely, and wa me watching it this last time uh, recently, and I've seen it um, several times through the course of my life, but I don't know. There's something about this last time really sitting down, paying attention, and I'm picking up on 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 subtle jokes that I never picked up on before. Um, and I, I've talked about it on the show, but just like one of the things that uh, this time around I laughed hysterically, even though it's you know it's kind of a it's kind of a jarring thing nowadays, but just that uh that uh i think it's the president is giving a speech about um you know loving everybody and everything and then it cuts directly to a crowd all wearing nazi symbols yeah yeah <laughs> of course everything old is new again guys yeah. <laughs> yeah. history yeah. is cyclical <laughs> my god what else have you watched recently Hmm. I've been doing some TV shows. Um, Dark, the the Netflix show. Um, it's it's a Danish or, or German or, or a mix of both. It's really good. It's like a a a different version of Twin Peaks, like a European version. Mm, have you guys seen that? I've I have been recommended this several times. I have not gotten to it, and now that you've put Twin Peaks in there, I'm like, I, I'm leaving this episode and I'm going to go watch it right now. Yeah, it's kind of like Twin Peaks without, like, the, the hokey stuff, if it was all serious and everyone was sleeping with each other and if there's time travel involved. It's insane. Okay. It's insane. Like, and it's so well shot and made. Like, y you will go down the rabbit hole never to return, you know? And it's so, subtitled, I'm, right? Yes. Which yes. I'm, I'm cool with, but some of our listeners are like, <laughs> subtitles. I mean, it's a shame because you can enjoy so much more horror and different oh, horror. Oh, absolutely. You know? like, okay. Oh, my God. International horror is amazing. And it's a, it's on Netflix, but it's not like, uh, I don't think it's produced by Netflix. They probably just, I think they bought the, like, Correct. rights. Yeah. So don't let that turn you off either because I know some snobs are like, oh, a Netflix show? Like, <laughs> no, it's just on Netflix. Right. They licensed it from whatever company in Germany or Denmark or Belgium. Yeah. I always wonder how that works. Like, who at Netflix has good taste and <laughs> was like, let's pick this, let's pick up this like weird foreign show. You know what Probably I mean? Probably like, somebody that they fired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I need to check it out. And there's what? I think there's at least two seasons, maybe. Yeah. I think there might be three or maybe even four at this point. Okay. It's it's a good ride though, you know. Like you'll end up watching three episodes in a row, and wanting to go back. It's it's a really fun trip, man. It's just so strange. If, yeah, after three or four seasons, it's definitely not a Netflix production because yeah. Right. Unless because they're stop paying people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Netflix don't, <laughs> oh. series don't last Ouch. that long. Yeah. No. You know what else is he's watching? Her numbers go up on Kickstarter. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. It's true. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, sorry. sorry. I can't believe it, guys. So happy. That's exciting. 
What about you, Tad? Oh, mine are like super embarrassing. Everybody's like, they watch some cool shit. I, no, this one's not that bad. Uh, I watched No Hard Feelings with Jennifer Lawrence. Speaking of rom com, but this is more like a raunchy comedy. Has yeah, how was it? that? It it feels like it's it's like an eighties sex comedy, but for now, and and, and I just saw the trailer and I was like, what? Yeah, no. I was I was hoping for like, you know, sort of a, I don't know, like yeah, like an eighties sort of raunchy comedy, and it had way more feelings than I anticipated. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> and, and you should have known it's in the title, but like. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's yeah. I mean, it, the story is is definitely like that '80s far fetched way of getting this person in this situation. Um, mm. Basically, she's like this loser in her 30s who's still in her hometown, and her friends are all getting married and pregnant, and she's like, you know, struggling to keep a job. Her car's repossessed. There's an opportunity. To, this is the most far stretched thing. Okay, so this this these parents, these rich parents, are like put it put an ad out on like craigslist or something or a market i don't even know where it was but they're like uh if you come and date my my son who's like this recluse who nerdy guy who's going to college soon um you have to basically get him laid you can have this used car uh yeah that's really the plot mm -hmm. um and so she's like here's an opportunity and of course she ends up falling for this kid uh <laughs> And it's sort of weird because she's like, you know, he's he's like, I get I think he's 17 or 18. I don't know. But, uh, you so know, she, young for yeah, something. Yeah. Old, oh, my God. And, you know, originally she's like, I'm just going to come in and, you know, play up. the. I don't, I don't even it, it's it's weird. But the, I will say there's this one specifically hilarious scene where I I have to throw it out to to Jennifer Lawrence. um they go skinny dipping and they're like out in the water. She convinces them finally to go out in the water. And these drunk people come up and they're like, we're going to steal your clothes. And she's like, she's a badass in this movie. And she's like, the fuck you are. And she gets out of the water and, and it's full frontal nudity. And she walks out of the water and there's a whole fight scene of her completely naked. And uh, no way. She, su she German suplexes a guy completely naked. Uh, so this is like Eastern Promises now. Yeah, it's it's wild. It's a full <laughs> frontal nude fight scene. It's hilarious, but also like badass. And she's badass in this movie too, where she just like some guys from her past try to come up, and she just doesn't put up with anybody's shit. And she gets this kid confident and doesn't take advantage of him. And uh, of course, it's the same same old same old story. But yeah, it, it's actually pretty decent, uh, handled well. You know, I was like, I don't know how they'll make this work. Uh, it's pretty good. Outside of that, Jason, you'll be happy. You, you convinced me to watch something on the other <gasps> end of the spectrum. Right. Um, and I don't think you've even watched it, but you mentioned it. So I, I watched it, which was Hard Knocks on HBO. Fuck yeah. Which um, is just really sad now. Now in retrospect. it's beyond sad. So basically HBO follow, picks a, an NFL team every season and they film like their entire preseason and edit it together in episodes. And they release them like the week they happen. So it's almost like right in time with what this team is doing and they're this year, very well produced and, and yeah, dramatic and sp very spectacularly very filmed yes. uh and narrated by uh, uh god what's his name Liev schreiber no Liev schreiber yeah schreiber. oh nice um and they actually in one of the episodes like fly him in on a, a helicopter <laughs> so he can meet aaron Rodgers. um 
but that's what I was leading to. They they picked the Jets because of the whole Aaron Rodgers drama, and uh, it showed a really great side of him and how personable yeah. he could be, and it painted him in a great light, and you're sort of rooting for him to come back. For and real. then uh, last night he had his big game on 9-11 in New York um, and tore his Achilles heel in four minutes uh, and never completed one single pass. So, uh, And is probably done with his career. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like All I watched like – I don't know how many episodes, eight episodes of the saying, and so much buildup. Anticlimactic. He goes out and he gets tackled, and his Achilles. It's disgusting because it you see his calf reverberate when it snaps. Uh, you can. So if you're if you're not a sports fan but you like gore, you can go watch Aaron <laughs> Rodgers' Achilles heels, uh, Achilles snap. tendon snap live on television. Um, so that was sort of the 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 anticlimactic finale of the season, right? Um, yeah. And then uh, outside of that, I, I Joe Bob showed Night of the Demons. That was fun. I've seen that a million times, uh, so that was always fun. But one movie I'm almost embarrassed to say I watched was I revisited 31, Rob Zombie's 31. Yeah. It's, not, it's not better this time. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> what were you expecting? I don't know. I, I needed – I don't know. I watched it once in theaters, and I was so, like – upset by it that i was like i'm never gonna watch this again and then i was like i'm gonna give it another try and i'm like yeah it's still really bad uh it just feels like rob trying to like if someone's like trying to make a rob zombie ripoff movie it feels like he's parodying himself almost um (laughs) but i'll talk about a good one i watched shark exploitation on shutter oh i gotta Uh, see that it's fantastic so fun yeah, so it's a documentary about the shark genre, like basically taking starting from Jaws and how every film after that has tried all the animal attacks and all the the evolution of the shark movie, but also they talk to like actual marine biologists and shark experts and stuff and how like you know how the the movies change the perception of sharks in real life and it's really fascinating. It's really really deep dive. I think it's almost it's like <laughs> two deep hours. Dive. Yeah, there you go. But it's uh, it's it's fantastic. It's almost two hours. It's on Shutter. Uh, highly recommend it. A uh, lot of cool. I mean, a lot of talking heads, but a lot they show footage from everything and get you know, uh, they dig they yeah they, they dig deep into it and and it's fantastic. So check that out. That's what I watched. Well, thank you, Tad, for for that. And now we're going to move on to Tad. What's our first movie we're going to watch uh, that we're going to talk about tonight? Our first movie was from 2022 and is called The Invitation. It was always just my mom and me to have a family. That's what I really want. No way. I got a cousin. That is the whitest man I've ever seen. He wants to meet up. Oliver? Cousin Evie. <laughs> it sounds so Jane Austen when you say it like that. <laughs> You know, my mom always wanted to take me to England to learn about our family history. There's a wedding coming up, actually. You should come. I would love to, but I... Come on, everyone is dying to meet you. Uh... Wow, it's incredible. I believe this is one of our important guests. Evie, this is a close friend of the family, Walter Deville. Uh, hi. Hi. Looking forward to getting to know you better, Evie. What are you doing down there? Miss, you should return to your room. We're all so delighted that you're here. Which one's the groom? The groom and his bride will make their grand entrance tomorrow. Ready? I I can't shake the feeling that everyone is staring at me. Can you blame them? 
You and Walter seem to be getting awfully close, Evie. I'm curious, though. What has he told you about us? Ow! Let me see. <gasps> Here she is. Where are the bride and groom? As you all know, there has been someone missing from this table. But that once broken bond will be renewed tonight. To Evie. My new bride. I want to go home. But this is your home. Get her prepared. The Please. Here, dear. Hello, Mr. Harker here. There's a young lady who seems quite distressed. I'm so glad you've come to your senses, my love. All right. After the death of her mother and having no other known relatives, Evie takes a DNA test and discovers a long-lost cousin she never knew she had. Invited by her newfound family to a lavish wedding in the English countryside, she's at first seduced by the sexy aristocrat host, but is soon thrust into a nightmare of survival as she uncovers twisted secrets in her family's history and the unsettling intentions behind their sinful generosity. That makes it sound way cooler than yeah. it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not one of those people that's like, PG-13 horror sucks because it can rule, but, uh, this one didn't, it, this is like a sort of mar modern retelling of Dracula in a way, uh, I mean, not really in a way, it is, but, uh. It is, they use the names. Right. It's a surprise Dracula film. It is yeah. a surprise Dracula. Yeah, they sort of like, I mean, they make hints at it, and if you're familiar, you catch on, but yeah, at the end surprise but um it's beautiful like it looks really nice and it's well produced uh and not that not bad performances I, it's just maybe not my thing um and, and i guess there is like an r-rated version i would be uh, interested in seeing just to see maybe. how different it is but uh i'm not sure that extra gore and nudity would save this one but i i will say i didn't hate it i don't want to like shit on it i i enjoyed the hour and 45 is a little long for me but um i thought it was okay but didn't love it so i'm interested to hear everyone else's takes i uh i'm i'm there i'm with you there um i like uh i'm a big i liked i thought natalie emmanuel uh, carried the movie well she was awesome um i liked her and what she's done before and uh uh, I I was I mean, yeah you knew the you knew the it was gonna be a vampire movie but it was still a surprise like you said like when it went full vampire I was like all right that seems like it doesn't <laughs> fit here and that makes me kind of like it <laughs> because it wasn't well what a what a shocking revelation moment though right was that that was the next slice moment right yeah yeah. But I mean, there's clearly a secret going on. There's there's clearly something going on, and there's things. But and and the main dude was way too handsome for his own good. So I'm <laughs> glad he got. 
I would have fallen for him. I know. Man. Dracula. Dude, Everyone falls for Dracula. Come that on. Dude was yeah. hot. But uh, <laughs> Brett's at home like, what movie is this? I'm going to get that. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, sorry, Brett. Uh, yeah. Um, and it's, uh, I just looked at my uh, reviews. He's no Nick Cage, but I mean. <laughs> but uh, that's true. Well, I, I thought it was a delight uh, for the most part because we were, you know, talking to Crimson Peak earlier. Yep. That should give you a, an insight into my scarlet red fade into black gothic heart. Um, <laughs> I thought this film was beautifully shot, yeah. really well made. The costumes and the set decorations, production design, fucking phenomenal. A lot of the acting was fantastic as well i liked the surprise dracula yeah. um i was not actually expecting it i mean they they throw in hints here and there like new ever, right this is the name of this guy's enormous <laughs> manner yeah <laughs> um so you know you know there's something gonna be going on like all right these guys are probably vampires but we'll see what happens are they regular vampires no it's surprise dracula and friends that's fun <laughs> um <laughs> You know, it just it follows all the gothic romance stories. There's a, there's a handsome, shady, rich man with a secret who who owns all of these things, and and you know, the very, very rich people with a lot of problems, and and uh, you know things go wrong invariably, and then you have to run away from the manor in some kind of gown. Yeah, that's yeah. also a staple of gothic yeah. romance. And you know, I loved, I really loved two thirds of it, and you know, I thought it it got. A little bit lost in terms of like tone and action at at the end, but I, I still really enjoyed this one. I I want to see more from this director. I thought she did a fucking great job. I, I wish it was called Surprise Dracula. And that, <laughs> but that, see, that's that, something I would do. But that would ruin it. Would ruin right. the ending. But uh, you know what? A, that would be a perfect name for it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it truly is just like really beautifully shot like the exteriors i mean interiors obviously sets and stuff but like even well, I, don't, I wonder I, I if only i had the internet to see where they shot this but um <laughs> yeah i i thought it was beautifully shot just yeah yeah i like this too um i don't know i'm still trying to figure out exactly where where tad lands on it i kind of thought this would be a little bit more up his alley and then it turned out to be um and maybe i might like it more not 100 percent sure but i i was i was invested in and in, uh in her story and and everything that's going on and yeah i mean it's it's not a super shocker that it's you know that's a dracula's movie but uh uh but i don't think that matters just because i mean even knowing that i feel adds to the tension of what's going on and makes it more suspenseful for you. Like really um, worried about her throughout this this whole movie. And her character was great. And we get just enough backstory in the beginning to be able to follow her and care for her. Um, uh, the wedding scene I thought was awesome and was anticipating how is she going to handle this to uh, win the day. And... And she went in directions that I was not anticipating. So that was, I thought that was really cool. Just uh, like, sorry. The, 
No, I was just going to say the scene where they're getting like manicures. That was. Oh, man. You freak. just took my next note. <laughs> yeah. I took that. I took down that note. I'm like, this is making me so fucking anxious. This is. <laughs> that is my one note from this in, in my notes. That's the only note I actually have because I was not going to walk away without bringing up that scene. That to me, the manicure scene is worth the price of admission for this whole movie. <laughs> I have, I have, I don't remember the last time I thought there was such an intense, suspenseful. Get away from me with those clippers! Uh, suspense, <laughs> intense, suspenseful, and disturbing sequence as the manicure say. Uh. Every, every, overly, you know, if this this movie deserves a nod at the Academy Awards for sound sound design because. Those those clips, those uh, overly audible no. clips, are just uh. were just so cringeworthy. And you know, <laughs> you know, somebody's getting like stuck or cut too <laughs> deep or whatever. There's going to be blood involved. Oh my god! And oh yeah, it, yeah. I'm so glad you brought it up because that that hands down is like my favorite hands part down. of this good movie. One. Oh, yeah, <laughs> hands <thanks>. down. <laughs> uh, Boom. That's a good Very nice. So yeah, that's my there. biggest takeaway is is that scene. They did a great job. That was masterful. Yeah. Oh, my God, the anxiety. That's, like, one of the most sensitive parts ever. <laughs> and everyone knows. Everybody yep. on Earth fucking knows what it's like to get stabbed in that part. And oh, it's yeah. so painful. It's more than it has any right to be. And I can't stress this enough, listeners. It's a scene where a group of girls are getting manicures. And it's suspenseful it. and disturbing as hell. And it's mostly audible that really gets it, I feel. <laughs> Yeah, and the editing, yeah, the sort of fast-paced, yep. yeah, but uh, yep. I, I, it's, like, been a while since I, like, just, I, I wrote, it, like, in my phone's notes, just put manicure scene. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not, I don't uh-huh. have to write anything else. I'll remember what this is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, great. Uh, tra- uh, chat, there, there, uh, duh, I can't say your name today. Tad, what trivia do you have for this one? There wasn't a whole lot that was not, like, you know, the car facts, like all the little clues throughout the movie, which I'm like, that's not really trivia. That's just, you know, little fun clues they place in there. But uh, this originally was not titled Surprise Dracula and Friends. It was originally titled The Bride. Um, I'm glad they changed that. The only the only thing I don't like about The Invitation is that there's other fantastic movies called The Invitation. So, uh, that's uh, true, too. I'm not a fan of this title at all anyway, but Bride. <laughs> yeah, so it's a bit confusing, and it's like it, it sort of fell under the radar last year. Uh, it went wide in theaters, and I don't Did it really? How, yeah, and I'm not sure how well it did in theaters, but I don't hear, like, anybody talking about it. Like, no, th- it just didn't make much of a blip on the horror radar. Maybe it hit mainstream audiences better, uh, but I imagine it was hard to promote something without ruining the, you know, what happens in the last third of the movie. Like, how do you push it? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So they might as well called it Dracula and surprise Dracula and friends. (laughs) I mean, you're right, you know, because then they obviously didn't do a good job promoting it because somehow I knew, I can't remember, maybe maybe I read the synopsis before when I picked the movie just to make sure it actually involved weddings, but uh, as soon as I sat down and started watching it, I'm like, yeah, this is a vampire movie, I know that. But yeah, it, I mean, it's from Sony and Screen Gems, it was a wide release, uh, I'm looking it made 25 million box office, uh, I don't know. 10, the, 10 yes, million. so horror always pays back, so go, uh, <laughs> throw some go. money yeah 
House of Ashes Kickstarter. Exactly. (laughs) Thank you. We'll find a way to get it into all of them. Sweet. I can't. I can't wait to do creepy shit like the fucking manicure scene, you guys. I, <laughs> yes. I, oh yeah. I, this is do. you know. This is why I'm alive. I promise. Heck yeah. Things like that. <laughs> <laughs> Made me so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Uh, Jason, what's our next film we're going to discuss? Our next film tonight is from 2012. A sequel. It's called Wreck Three Genesis. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to bear witness to this holy matrimony, to celebrate a love that is caring, accepting, and enduring of all things. For what God has joined together, let no man tear apart. Newlyweds, Letitia Delera and Diego Martin, they watch their wedding reception descend into chaos and carnage when their guests become infected by a virus that turns them into hungry zombies. This is my first wreck. This is apparently the prequel to part two. And Mike's been ranting about this movie for so long. At least I'm glad. Yeah, can I just say disclaimer if any of you guys <laughs> like it, be gentle to me because I love this movie. But go on. That's where you need to brace yourself, Mike. Mother fuck. All right, go ahead. So, <laughs> guys, I'm so, uh, so. um You're faking us out, right? No. This is my least favorite movie of the three that we did. What? The last, yeah, uh, this movie. Throw this chair. Well, I'll try to be as gentle as I can. I like it. I know it's people's favorites. I don't mean to. I'll just. It's just a thing that I just am having trouble with. And this movie's awesome. This movie's great. Um, it kicks ass all the way to the end, and oh. then fuck this movie. Oh, I know and I don't why like you it don't anymore. like it. Yeah. Okay. My, I get it. The best now. analogy I can come up with is you're eating a sandwich that you love. <laughs> And you get down to your last bite, and you bite into a used Band-Aid. <laughs> you don't remember how good that sandwich was. You're going to remember your last bite. I don't like the last bite of this movie. 
So I don't like this movie. I'm sorry. Yeah, I you, forgot. I Hopeless romantic. And it was it was beautiful and sweet and cute. And I mean, I loved the way it was filmed. Obviously, it was cool and all, but fuck that. I hated it. So I don't like this movie. I, the movie's <laughs> awesome. I just don't. I just can't like it. That's all. Yeah, you, that's I for, all. I, I kind of forgot. I mean, I mean, you're not wrong. <sighs> but man, it hits hard. It hits oh, hard. Oh fuck yeah, it does. And you can't give me 90 minutes. Well, 80 minutes. And, and then in the 80th minute, just, uh, well, as everyone's already gathered who hasn't seen it, the ending's bad for our leads. Unhappy. Yes. It's unhappy. It's bad, yeah. It's not bad. It's unhappy. Uh, um, yeah, so that's mine. I'm glad I went first. And I, you guys can... I, I, yeah, I kind of, you know, had a moment of, like... <laughs> oh, shit. Forgot that about <laughs> you. <It's> like, <laughs> and, again, I get it. I mean, me personally... As a weirdo, I I like unhappy endings. I go to that George Romero quote all the time of like horror should not be, um, yeah. you know, comfortable and happy endings and all the time. But uh, um, but you know, at the same time, I get it. You know, you're following two characters around for an hour and a half, hoping they get back, they find each other. It's and a great you're hour invested and a half. in those two characters just for that to happen. It's an awesome sandwich. I'll admit it. You're you're not wrong too. It's yeah. That's yeah. just where I am on that. Sorry. Yeah, th- this is a first time watch for me. I've seen yeah. Wreck One. I've not. This is the first time I've seen any of the Wreck sequels. Uh, I've seen. I've heard this one raved about for years. <laughs> I've the poster and all the promotional artwork. Yeah. I mean, with her the chainsaw. How fucking cool is that? She's uh, and I loved it. Yeah, I loved the idea Yay. of going from found footage into oh i know uh, right like how what a freaking awesome is that it jarred me at first and i'm like That's oh no I, I, I really liked this found footage aspect and then like within minutes i'm totally back engaged in this now narrative film and i'm like huh I, I just sort of forgot, like my brain just was like stupid and forgot that the movie was found footage at first and you would think like the whole zombie thing, like it is absolutely completely overplayed. So it's really tough now for me to give a shit about zombie films in general. And this one was awesome. Uh, I just did not, it, it didn't even like those things were just obstacles in the way of these characters that I cared about getting around and finding each other. And uh, they, they really did a fantastic job of setting it up and making you really give a shit about these people so that when they're in peril, it's like, super tense and you don't you really rooting for them it's it's you don't get that often in movies now or you i mean you, you look back at like you know 80s movies where you sort of hated every character you just want <laughs> jason to rip their heads off but uh it's nice to care it's nice to like feel in a movie and this one gave me feels and then when uh-huh. she is finally killing you know when she's got like the chainsaw and she's kicking ass it's like yeah. fuck yeah so i can see where you're coming from jason it doesn't ruin it for me because i i absolutely love showing people the mist and seeing how oh the greatest oh, i'm glad the i greatest saw that happy ending the, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah when, when yeah you see someone just get deflated worst at the end of, <laughs> yeah the most fucking depressing ending ever but ever. uh but that's i love it because you know we don't always have happy endings and, and i can like but like i said jason i get it uh it's it, it de- it's devastating when you follow these characters and yeah it, it can be a hard pill to swallow is he hi <laughs> so um i happen to love the first wreck film very very much 
It's, yeah. I think it's one of the scariest films that I've ever seen. And um, a huge, uh, I'm just a huge fan of this director, Paco Plaza, because of it. And, um, you know, not everyone can hit it out of the park 100% of the time. That said, I enjoyed most of this film. Um, it had been several years since I've last seen it. And, um, you know, it's just, it's interesting. As you grow as a filmmaker and in life, in age, and experience, go back and rewatch things and it hits you different. Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. sometimes you're going to find, like, oh, I fucking love this movie. And you rewatch it and you're like, huh, I don't know anymore. <laughs> you know, it's really interesting. Yeah. Um, how cinema can hit you so differently at different times and stages in your life. Um, I, I've met this director, actually. I met him and his producer at uh, Morbido, Morbido Film Festival in Mexico City. And uh, he actually married the star of this film. <laughs> oh, nice. So there's a little trivia for you there. And zombies took over their wedding and they filmed <laughs> it. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe it's a true story. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it takes a little bit long to get going, but when it does, it goes fucking hard. Yes. I think yeah. the wedding videographer POV is a great conceit, you know. After the title card, the cinematography switches to a more traditional objective. Uh, point of view, alleviating the shaky cam experience, thankfully, because there's only so much of that I can take. Um, I think it's thinner on story than the first two, but, you know, this one also has an interesting tie-in with, if you've seen the end of the first movie, and spoiler alert, can we talk about spoilers? Yeah, you, sure. you okay. gave him the alert, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that, um, that really fucked up thin creature that it's somehow satanic and, and connected to these priests experiments is you know it's found in the attic at that in this building that everyone's trapped in we see a flash of that thing in a mirror here in rec 3 when there's a scene a few of the zombies are are reflected in a mirror showing their true selves kind of like a vampire not having reflection, but instead the reflections are duplicates of this satanic emaciating being in the attic of that first movie. And I thought that was really fucking cool. So more style this than substance, great cinematography, medieval room full of coats of arms and, and weapons is a fun, convenient way to find, you know, some, some fighting material. It's like a video game in that sense. Yes. Um, I, I don't think a couple of things were, you know, fully paid off. I, I wanted even more character development. Um, I wanted to care even more. So it, it got it got halfway for me, but I enjoyed it. I love this movie. I mean, I'll confess I still have not seen part two, but I've seen all the others. And this how many are there? Four. Okay. Uh, this is still. This is my favorite one. The first one is is great. Don't get me wrong; it's a freaking classic. It is creepy and scary as shit, absolutely. But this one struck a certain chord with me that I just love, and is much more of a repeat viewing type of movie for me than than you know the first one. But I love how 
you, know, you get the first two movies, straight up found footage. This one starts off that way and then just pivots, pivots right into a straight narrative film. And it's so, it's so such a slap in the face moment. Um, you know, and, but the found footage stuff is great too. Cause you're getting the, the subtle hints with like the uncle. Okay. You're like, Oh, here it comes. Here's your first, here's your first zombie. He's starting to turn. And, but yet it's just surrounded with all this, you know, we've all been to weddings and wedding receptions and it's exactly how, what it's like. And I've, I've been a videographer at many, um, weddings and receptions. It's a thousand percent of what it's like. And so it's cool seeing a found footage done in that environment, which is another thing I thought was really cool about about the found yeah, footage aspect it, of it. Yeah, it's smart because they would have cameras. Like Ex- it's not just like, oh, we're carrying yeah. Exactly. It, believable. But, but when the shit hits the fan, they stop filming. You never get that in a found footage movie. So right. it's kind of a genius move to then switch it to to a narrative. And I also think it's a it's a um you know, a, a subtle metaphor for like, hey, we're we're doing something different than what came before. You know, we tease you in the beginning of what came before and now we're going in a completely different direction. But it's all still done and told really well where I feel like when it's found footage, it surfaces the film and the story in this regard, and when it's not, it film it surfaces the film and the story in this other regard. Um I feel like I mean I get what you're saying, Izzy, about the character development development piece. Mm-hmm. You don't, I mean, you don't get dig, dig deep into this, but I feel like there's enough there in mm-hmm. the found footage aspect that you still kind of get invested in these people because you're kind of like sucked into their life and their celebration um, of this of this wedding of and these merger of these families, uh, and and I and I love how it's just it's told. You, you get all of that just based on people partying. And I, I think it's done really, really well. Um, and I like how I, when it comes to the wedding footage and then with that flip is that the, it's, it's, the found footage aspect is used to beginning of telling the story and not like a lot of found footage movies where – they spend way too much time just trying to convince you that it's found footage. I mean, you can sit here and argue the whole found footage argument of like, well, who edited this footage? Cause the movie starts off with like the wedding video logo. So somebody edited this footage. It, it that doesn't <laughs> matter because it's, it's all part of the narrative story. And that's where I think people need to get off of their freaking high horses about footage. <laughs> And quit, them, Mike. quit bitching about that stuff because it's all just structure of how they want to tell their story. Um, you know, I fell in love with the bride and the groom, uh, just so invested in wanting to see them get back together. Here, this should be my should have been my rom com pick <laughs> uh, because I feel like there's some there's some uh, some good comedy in this, some some black comedy and some. Some you know, because my favorite, uh, my my favorite minor character in this is Sponge John. I love yes. Sponge John so much, <laughs> and every time I watch this movie, I'm just anticipating Sponge John showing up. Yeah, like, and, and him holding that shotgun, kind of crouched over in this freaking round 
SpongeBob ripoff costume yeah. is hilarious to me. Like, and, why, why, why are you still wearing that? I don't, I don't have any clothes on underneath. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's great. And you don't, you, you don't really have, uh, I mean, again, I haven't seen the second one, but you don't really have that comedy uh, aspect in the first one. So, and you know me, I love, I love some comedy with my horror. Uh, so SpongeBob is awesome. Uh, I believe, I think, isn't this wedding, uh, supposed to be taking place the same time as the first movie, I thought? It feels that way. I mean, there is, isn't there a moment, too, in one of the TVs in the background, and they don't focus on it either, really, but it's, it, it's showing the footage of the news reporter outside the beginning, outside the building at the beginning of the, the first movie. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I missed it. That's a nice little Easter egg. Yeah. So then when you get to the fourth film. The fourth film, it, it is what it is, but it's amazing for one aspect that it ties literally all three other films together and gives you that timeline and and, and let you, you know that every piece is canon. Yeah. Continuity. I do. Well, yeah. <laughs> but it's also, I think, I always, I, yeah. I, I appreciate that kind of stuff when, when you have a franchise that sometimes goes all over the spectrum of things and does, and you know, and how are we going to, tie this all together and this franchise kind of does that a little bit with this film in particular because like it's not you know totally it's different you know it's it's visually different than the other two um but it still all fits together and you get a little bit of hint of that in this movie but once you get to the fourth one it it lets you know that hey you know it is it is all related so huge fan of this movie i could go on forever but tad what trivia do you have for rec three uh Two months before shooting, Leticia Dolorea went into the gym with a personal trainer, training five days a week to prepare for the zombie slaying scenes. She kicked so much ass, uh, and she looked yeah. so cool with the so good. with the wedding dress and the post and cut the, and the yeah yes. and the uh, chainsaw. I, oh. My only, I guess, if I had one <laughs> downfall, of this movie is there wasn't enough Her badass chainsaw bride. <laughs> there needed to be more <laughs> badass chainsaw bride. Agreed. Anyway, Tad, I'll let you continue. Uh, the only other thing I had uh, that I thought was interesting was Letitia had previously portrayed Angela Vidal, the reporter of the previous Rec films in the parody Spanish in the parody Spanish movie. The Rec scenes were also featured uh, directors uh, Jamu Balaguerro and Paco Plaza. So uh, there was a parody, like you know, like we have here in the U.S. Uh, you know scary movie but it's called spanish movie and uh is that the name of it spanish movie yes because i kind of want to see it now (laughs) yeah i do too now (laughs) wow excellent awesome all right so our third film is from 2019 and i hope i have it right because i've gotten this title frontwards and backwards so many times when doing my notes and i'm surprised i haven't done it when talking to you guys about it on our uh, messages but it's called camp winning you booked a summer camp on airbnb and were their first wedding it's so dilapidated all this is supposed to be accomplished today we're gonna have so much fun what happened to the chair rental? None of the other cabins are done. No. Very big day tomorrow. The big day, <laughs> It's your last night of freedom. Taste the magic. <laughs> I've never actually... Uh... I'm just gonna say what we're all thinking. Either Trask 
where your husband-to-be or someone else is killing everyone. But we haven't found a body. Sorry. Is someone dead? No. I don't want you oh, to die! Bring the dress! Members of a bridal party working to transform a dilapidated summer camp into a beautiful wedding venue are killed off one by one. Sort of. Uh, This is one of those situations where it's like, I wish I didn't pick myself to talk about this movie because... I didn't want to go first. Um, Because I'm not sure if I liked it or not. I'll be perfectly honest. I'm not sure. Because there's moments that I really liked, I thought were cool. I thought there were some great funny moments. And then there's moments that I hated and got on my nerves. So just uh, trying to overall piece it all together, I'm just not sure. Here's an example. Uh, The character of, what is her name, Ellen, I think, or Elaine? I don't remember. Uh, The the nerdy character that was invited by accident. Mm -hmm. Uh, I liked her. I thought she was okay. Uh, I thought she was funny, but as the film goes on, there's moments where she just really got on my nerves, but then I'd come back around to liking her again because she said something that actually made me chuckle. But then there are certain scenes where like her performance just seemed bad. Like her acting was like not good in certain scenes, but other times I thought she was great. So, that's an example of my experience with this movie. Uh, I like the concept. I like the location. Anytime you have a summer camp involved, I'm there. Uh, I like what 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 I was kind of bummed about is I liked how, as the things progressed, everyone was accusing one another of the uh, uh, of the killings of of everybody dying. So when the supernatural twist happens, I kind of was out there for a bit. I'm just like, oh, really? And then the fact that uh, people are getting possessed by their cell phone, like the ghosties or whatever is going through the curse, is going through the cell phones. And then on how... Fuck you with the cell phones. And then like how awkward and sluggish and un opposing the uh the zombies were if you call them zombies not what you would call them um just was so unthreatening that it felt like there was no stakes uh you know these these things moved even slower than romero zombies um but then you get the stuff with the teddy ruxpin at the end which i thought was great and again hilarious and was neat I like the fact that, like, they used a Teddy Ruxpin to be able to play this tape. Uh, so I thought that was kind of kind of interesting. So I'm all over the place with this one. I don't know. Maybe you guys can um, push me one way or the other. So uh, what did you guys think? Well, um, I can't help, okay? So I've been trying <laughs> to think about how to explain my thoughts on this movie all day today, and I can't. 
all I can say is similar is that it's this movie's so fucking weird. Or I mean, for me, it's like I simultaneously, I think I like it, but I also can't stand it. <laughs> See, um, that's so exactly what I'm. I thinking. I really I'll explain the things. I guess uh, the the indie spirit this film clearly has. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't help having these actors playing way out of their age ranges, and it's super annoying. But like, it's fun, and it all yeah, and location. It all has that super low budget indie heart feel that I love, and so it. That fueled me to get to the end, but man, I had to. I just wanted to make sure I had. I looked up the word and convoluted is the only thing I can think of that explains the script of this movie. I just it got so complicated and complex to me that I was checked out. Your words too. You get to that third act and you realize the supernatural stuff is happening, and then it feels like. That third act is exposition after exposition after exposition. It's like, well, once we're on this page, okay, well, that makes sense. But then they have to explain another aspect of this, and it just keeps piling on. And I'm not saying that on paper it doesn't all make sense, but I'm not that smart. And it was just too hard to – by the time you get there, it's like, God damn it, I just was checked out. And it was hard to finish it with that same – Love I started it with, so I don't know. This movie's weird. I, 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 yeah, <laughs> I, I get it, you know, know, and it's just like, but then uh, I kind of thought it was hilarious that all of a sudden now, uh, you know, and uh, everything is resolved and they decided just to have the wedding there with just them, that the stripper is still there and now is part of the wedding party. I, that, that was yeah. funny to me. Oh, I don't plenty, know. Plenty of funny stuff. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I thought, you know, not to steal everybody else's thoughts, but I really loved the setup. I was so in, like, getting to meet all these characters. Maybe too many characters, I think. Uh, A little bit. I got lost a little bit at times. For sure. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, we have the the old former friend that she accidentally invited. And we have the friend who's a new mom who's gluten-free. Then we have, you know, the bridezilla. And we have the friend who doesn't give a shit. And it's like... So many characters, and then we're meeting their, you know, these others. And, yeah, by the time it got to the Supernatural thing, I was sort of checked out myself. Um, but it's just such a cool concept. And like Jason said, yeah. the whole indie spirit of it, it's it's really quite funny. And I really, it's like, I almost liked it before it was a horror movie more, you know? I was like, yeah. I just yeah, like this yeah. as like yeah. a summer <laughs> camp movie. And, uh that when you know, but where it was more subtle, where it was sort of like we're getting little hints, you know, and it's like almost setting up like, who do you want to die? And then when they get themselves in the funny situations, it, it, I I enjoyed that, like you know, trying to hide the bodies and trying to, you know, get around, beat around the bush and try not to get caught and uh, blaming each other and you know some some mm-hmm. funny tropes in there and stuff, but. Yeah, by the end, it just got so confusing trying to follow the phones, like who's texting who and figure yes, out. Yes, all that phone yeah, was shit. The, was the phone stuff too much? I thought it was, it was, I thought so it was too much. I did audibly laugh 
when the groom is trying to interpret the one word his <laughs> bride to be. Because anytime you okay, so anytime there's texting going on, you see it on the screen, yeah. and it's the voice, and you get the voiceover reading it of Thank that. Thank God for that character yeah, that, that sent yeah. it. Yeah, without so, that, it would have been even way worse. Yeah, so you get the moment where the groom, um, he texts something I don't remember, and she just replies back with the word "fine," and he's sitting there staring at it, and the actress is doing the vo- voiceover and does five different interpretations of the word mm-hmm. "fine." Which is hilarious because you know we all know you can't you can't read um, a person's emotion through what they text. So yeah. that one moment I thought was great, but the texting was just too much. Oh no, guys, we've been ripping on this, and Izzy's probably partied with this guy at a film festival. The director, <laughs> I'm sorry. I do know a lot of people. Uh, I I do not know the director of Camp Wedding. Okay, what do you think of this thing? I think that they should have done some more work with the script oh, before they went to production. Yes. Um, oh, right? It's 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 hard to, you know, it's it's hard to critique indie uh yep. cinema because I know firsthand <laughs> how much blood, sweat, tears, yeah. chaos, yeah. pain and existential longing goes into all of it. You know what I mean? Yep. Um some of it was really fun and some of it was not, uh, you know, and it, if, if they have just spent a little bit more time, I Couple think more drafts. they could have yeah. just uh, headed a lot of things off at the pass that way. Yep. Yeah. I think it's just very ambitious for a, yeah. an indie, and we've all seen Extremely. where it's like, yeah, yeah for, for trying to get this, it, it's a pretty complicated it's it's a script, and I, I, do, I do feel like, the way they had the text like read on the screen and stuff, like if, if they just expected us to look at phones and read that, that would have been a disaster. Oh my God. So, there was that, so that, much text. Oh, yeah. So yeah. And so it was a hurdle to overcome. And I feel like they, they, they did that pretty well, but just, it's just very hard to follow who's who and what's happening to each character and maybe just cut a few characters out. Maybe sure. I definitely know. needed that. And there was like moments of like, Oh, I forgot this person was even a, p- a part yeah. of this movie. And, yeah. yeah. Right. I I had a lot of uh, after the first segment, maybe the first, I don't know, a quarter of the film. I had a lot of trouble following it. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm glad Phew. that you did too. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> am I dumb or is like, am I just not okay? Uh, no. no. There's just too much going on. This, this film is way too ambitious for its budget and its script, and um, unfortunately, it it shows. You know, yeah. I, I, I do love when filmmakers are ambitious, though. Like, sure, there's yeah. so many ideas. Go, zombies controlled by zapping phones, and then everything is okay and again. All right, fine. <laughs> uh, but it's also a slasher. But it, it's, it's, it's so hard to, uh, you know, have so many ideas and, and come out with something coherent. It's kind of like, I don't know if you've... You ever heard this old-fashioned advice from Coco Chanel back in the day? But it's like, put on your accessories and then take five off before you leave the house. <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of like that. Yep. That's what I can equate it to. But it's man, I gotta tell you, indie filmmaking is really fucking hard. And and yeah, kudos yeah. for you know taking a swing. But and they, and they finished it. It's a they did. That's, that's always you know, gets that's another in my feat. Book. Yeah. 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 Yeah, too bad. You know, it's it's not a it's not a stinker. I you know, 
I recommend checking it out, but uh, uh, yeah, it's just it's got its issues. That's probably a safe way of putting it. Anyway, well, that concludes our topic of wedding horror, but don't does, go. What does Tad have trivia? Oh, he wanted no, to skip it. Oh. Yeah, the only piece on this one is that the uh, had its world premiere at the Nevermore Film Festival, and it won audience choice for best feature, but no behind the scenes stuff or anything. So. All right on. And I wanted to say before we uh, moved on is that this movie, Camp Wedding, can be watched on Tubi, Mike's favorite app of all time. And Rec, it's all right. <laughs> Rec Three, uh, you can watch on Prime, and The Invitation is on Netflix. That's all. There you go. Just want yeah. to help them out. Yeah, you bet. Absolutely. Anyway, so yeah, that concludes our topic on wedding horror, but don't go away yet. You've got to stick around for the reception so we can party. (laughs) We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, it'll be time to get down and funky with your bad self. First, you're going to hear a promo for our podcast network called the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. The PFPN is home to over 30 shows, including the Horror Cast. Now, the Horror Cast is a group of six friends who review horror cinema old and new. Check out one of the best horror movie podcasts on the web. That's right. I said it. <laughs> you can check out the horror podcast and all the other shows at thepfbn.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. And we're back. You know what is awesome about Attack of the Killer Podcast? What's that? You can leave a comment. Yeah. And we will read it on the show. That's what we're going to do right now. It's time for shout outs. It's time for shout outs. All right, we asked, what are your favorite wedding horror movies? And these are your shout-outs. Over on our Facebook page, we got Attacker Andrew Moeller. He says, ready or not, that's yeah. the movie, guys. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. I, okay. Was, I was waiting. <laughs> yes. So good. So good. Uh, Rec 3, of course, awesome. I'm just... Hell yeah, it is Andrew's awesome. Andrew's favorite. Uh, Corpse Bride. I almost thought about picking that, but... Nice. Crimson Peak. Yes. Oh, is his favorite. Um, <laughs> Bride of Chucky. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Love that one. Maybe my favorite. Uh, then we got Attacker Tim Lennerer. He says, the costume designers for Ready or Not went through 11 different wedding dresses in varying amounts of disrepair. Oh and if you haven't seen it, you should. Heck yeah. It's great. Among other things, you can see that white dress work its way down to black and red by the end. Yeah, there's that that poor dress. (laughs) 
Um, up next, we got our buddy Brian Clark. He says, The Blood Spattered Bride is one of, if not the best film versions of Carmilla. I was going to guess yeah. if Brian Clark <laughs> commented on this question, his answer would have been Blood Splattered Bride. Not surprised at all. Well, next time he Great comments, pick, though. I'll try to get you to guess what it's going to be. Yeah, let's That'd do that. Fun. Let's that, play that. New game. segment. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> what is Brian Clark's pick? Yeah. Uh, okay. And then over on our Facebook group, uh, we got Attacker Bill Fisher. He says, I'll admit, nothing comes to mind in movies, but reception by Kenzie Jennings is a fantastically gory and fun wedding massacre with great twists and turns. Cue the, I don't read books, long word line line makes my head hurt. <laughs> Sorry, Bill. I, someday I'll learn. Uh, yeah, a book called Reception. Oh, a book. Is what he was, oh, he's one of them readers. Is there pictures? I doubt it. Forget it. Uh, Kenzie Jennings. Oh, she chimes in because she was tagged by Bill. The she author. Says, yeah. The author says, thank you. I'll add the paired movie that came out a few months after Reception that people thought was a good film version. It's not at all, of course. Ready or not. Wait, yeah. so that was the author of the book Bill just recommended? Yes. Well, forget my last statement. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to read it. That's right. <laughs> I love reading. Bill says, I totally forgot that movie. I loved it, though. Thanks, Kenzie. Of course, Getting anytime. Lots of love. Yeah. Yes. Good for yeah, her. that's awesome. That's very cool. Up next, we got Attacker Rose. She says, Bram Stoker's Dracula and Crimson yeah. Peak. Oh, oh she oh, loves the gothic. There we go. So good. She says, I'm really drawn to those Victorian outfits. Ha ha. And also Keanu. I don't blame you. I don't yeah, blame he's, you. He's dreamy. He's a hunk. Uh, Jacob McLaughlin <laughs> chimes in. Not with any comment. He says, second in on both movies, but, and also Keanu Reeves. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Donald um, from the Movie Defenders podcast, he says, ready or not is a top candidate for me. With a nice little gift. Oh, yeah, and then there's Attacker Emily. She chimes in, ready or not, and the invitation isn't bad. Oh, there we go. Right. Shout out to invitation. Yeah. All right. Well, there was nothing on X or Instagram or threads, but there's a voicemail. Oh, wow. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Attacker Brian here for my bi-weekly phone call, and it sounds like the cast is doing the crew. The cast. It may be a movie someday, not Attack of the Killer podcast, Ooh. but until then, they're the crew of the podcast. Haunted honeymoons? Hell, I don't know. Something to do with horror movies and getting married. That's like 15 episodes for most people. Is he drunk? But anyway, so <laughs> Hatchet for a Honeymoon, I think, is the name yeah. of the one. The Giallo one from Mario yeah. Bava. Mario Bava. That's for the foreign fans. Ready or not, for the mainstreamers, Corpse Bride, for the kids, and for me, and all my freaks out there, Todd Browning's freaks. I mean, somebody gets married in that, I think. Alex has been so oh, long yeah, since yeah, seen yeah. it. I don't even remember. Oh, Hope you guys have a good week, and take care. Bye-bye. So you can drunk call us. By <laughs> That's right. Thank you, Godzilla. <laughs> Uh, that's right. You can all leave your voicemail, uh, <laughs> at 415-952-6857. That's 415-95-AOTKP. Leave us that voicemail however you want, and we'll obviously play anything on the show. <laughs> <laughs> 
There's no filter. <laughs> no. We need all the content we can get. Uh, but that's not it. We got one more segment left. It's time for Insane's Picks. <laughs> Those of you who know me, I'm a pretty big horror movie host fan. Yeah. yeah. You know, like Joe Bob's, Van Gulli, Count Gordeval, Zachary. So for this in Saints Picks, I'm going to talk about a film starring probably one of the biggest names in horror hosting. Today we are going to discuss Elvira, Mistress of the Dark from 1988. It's a comedy horror film uh, directed by James, I'm going to slaughter this, Signorell, <laughs> who uh, directed uh, Ronnie Dangerfield's Easy Money and apparently directed but uncredited Police Academy 2, uh, but also is probably best known for... Um, doing a lot of directing, uh, especially of like the fake commercials and stuff you would see on Saturday Night Live. It stars Cassandra Peterson as Elvira and some amazing character actors, some of which were Cassandra's friends from her old growlings days, like John Paragon and Edie McClure. Uh, so basically, Elvira inherit inherits a house in a small town uh, that is very stuck in their small ways. Uh, the town doesn't take well to Elvira's appearance in their small community. All Elvira just wants to do is raise money so she can do her dream show in Vegas. Uh, but uh, she is thwarted at every turn as she has to battle her evil uncle and the locals who want to burn her at the stake. Just love this movie. I've loved it since day one. I saw it back on VHS when it first came out. It's just, it's fun and funny and at moments has a level of cheapness charm that uh, reflects many of the films that she would show on Movie Macabre. Uh, some have said that this is kind of the Pee-wee's big adventure for horror fans, <laughs> and I agree immensely. And ironically enough, Tim Burton himself was originally supposed to direct this movie, so kind of all makes sense. Uh, it was panned by many critics upon its release, but has gone on to gain cult following, um, uh, including myself, a big fan. Uh, it is even played on Joe Bob's Last Drive-In, uh, coming full circle as a movie about a horror host that shows movies on her TV show, um, then decades later to be played by another horror host on his TV show. So that is Insane's Picks for this episode, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark from 1988. Very nice. And that is it for this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. I want to thank, once again, our very special guest, Izzy. Thank you so Izzy! much for joining Yay! us. Thank you very much for having me. This is fun. Good. I'm glad. I hope you had a good time. Yeah. Good, good, good. So tell our listeners how to find you. Yes. So my website is nihilnoctum.com, which is <laughs> N-I-H-I-L-N-O-C-T-E-M.com. And you can find me on Kickstarter with House of Ashes. Yeah. If you just search in the horror section or just search House of Ashes or search my name. 90 minutes. <laughs> invested. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So please, everybody, like, let's support some independent cinema here uh, and go to, go to the Kickstarter now. Um, and you can find more of Attack of the Killer podcast. We're everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, uh, the letter X. YouTube. <laughs> you the, don't say the letter X. Oh. 
Oh, he's still learning to. Sesame Street. Is it 10? Is that how you no. say it? Yes. Okay. So on 10, YouTube, <laughs> TikTok, and what did you say that other one was? Threads. Threads. I'm going to get that one eventually. No, you're not. <laughs> uh, so thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will talk to you on the next episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Bye-bye. Oh, no. Could this be the end of? Attack of the Killer Podcast.